This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We are going to focus on some actual, tangible, Bears-related, take-the-north-pod-related football conversation because today's tag day. Tag, you're it. And we can move on from life in the cave to the offseason that is the most interesting, interesting in Bears' recent history or memory. And I think today, Dan, you know, we talked on NBC uh, Sports Chicago, Football Night in Chicago. On Monday night, you were my guest and I was the host, and we discussed in a condensed version what we're going to talk about today because there are some players out there, if teams apply the franchise tag, will affect whether or not the Bears can pursue them in free agency and I think the first name on every list in terms of <laughs> what they're going to do is Orlando Brown Jr., the left tackle of the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. I, well, first of all, David, as you know, the, the opening of the tag window is not as important as the closing of the tag window, which will come March 7th. And that's important to note because next week we're going to roll down to Indianapolis and there's going to be a lot of activity at the scouting combine, which gives general managers across the league a chance to talk to each other. It gives agents a chance to talk to general managers. You get a much better idea of the free agency landscape and and what might be available, what might not be available. And then obviously those tag discussions escalate and they heat up. I think the sentiment out of Kansas City right now is that it would be really, really difficult to see Orlando Brown getting away from the Chiefs. They understand from what they went through a few years ago in the Super Bowl when they got beat up by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that you need to have a sturdy offensive line in front of Patrick Mahomes to make sure that he's at his championship best, which he obviously was this last season. And so I think they're going to make every effort to keep Orlando Brown there with the tag as an option to buy them time to negotiate something bigger. So that's an interesting name to keep an eye on. But as you said, right, like that's that's a position that the Bears need to be actively involved in in um, trying to fortify an upgrade if possible. But they may have to, uh, to to look deeper than the top line of that that offensive tackle list. Well, the Chiefs negotiated with Orlando Brown Jr. in the offseason, tried to get a long term deal six years, I think one hundred and thirty nine million dollars, not enough in guarantees for him. So he came back. They could tag him again. It would cost them even more this time around, around $20 million. It might be money well spent. At the same time, you might alienate a player that would buy them some time. Dan, I also think you have to factor in, if you're looking at this from the Bears' perspective, Ryan Poles probably values Chiefs linemen more than any other teams, right? Because he came from there and he may know how they're developed, how, whatever the case, Andrew Wiley, the right tackle is also out of contract. So he could be on the open market. No, he's not Andrew Brown or I'm sorry. He's not Orlando Brown jr. But you also have a guy that could be a capable starter potentially. Do you think that is, is, is somebody as a domino effect could be someone that the bears keep an eye on? 
Well, yeah, I mean, listen, one of the things that you and I have talked about consistently now since the season ended is the need for the Bears to build from the ball on out to make sure that they find some sturdiness in the trenches. Offensive line first, defensive line second, defensive line first, offensive line second, whichever way you want to order those. I think there's a consensus building that that's where this team needs to go first to make sure that they fortify a team inside and then figure out where to go from there. So right now. When you go down the Bears depth chart, when you go down their roster, there are very few players that you lock in and say, this guy is untouchable. This guy is safe. This guy is untouchable. Think of when, when I asked Ryan Poles a question in January to name the players other than Justin Fields that he viewed as potential blue chippers, and he, he gave us one name, and it was Cole Komet. And so through that lens, you see that Ryan Poles is going to be going down this roster, and any opportunity he gets to say, yeah, this guy's an upgrade over what we currently have in-house, he has the flexibility this year with not only the money he has to spend, but not also not weighed down by a bunch of long-term contracts that he can't get out from under. And so this is going to be the the year of maximum flexibility for Ryan in that role. And so any of these guys that pop up as, as potential options to start for you, you kick the tires on it, you figure out if you can get something done, and, and then you try to go from there. Orlando Brown Jr. to me would be the number one priority if he is a free agent. If he isn't, though I think your attention and focus shifts to the other side of the ball, which brings us to the second name on the list, which I think would be the biggest one, Deron Payne from Washington, the commander's defensive tackle, breakout season. And if you're the Bears, you have tons of need on the defensive front. It's somebody who would be expensive but worth the investment if you're the Bears and can spend more than any other team can. I just don't know if the commanders, who have a lot of other defensive linemen to pay, we have a lot of other needs that exist. I wonder what their thought process is. Yeah, so obviously the commanders rolled into Soldier Field in October, and they showed you what one of those top-tier defensive line looks like with Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen and Chase Young and Montez Sweat and all these guys that are difference makers on the defensive line. Well, now you've got to figure out how to allocate resources, and do you want to uh, pay a guy like Deron Payne what he's worth do you want to buy yourself another year to to cross that bridge? There was a sentiment a couple months ago, David, that, that Deron Payne was a, a, a shoe-in to at least get the franchise tag in Washington. Recent weeks, I've heard less and less of that, and, and th- there seems to be more of an opening for the idea that Deron Payne could be on the open market. If he gets to the open market, Ryan Poles better have his checkbook out, and he better be knocking on that door as frequently as he can because this is the exact kind of interior disruptive game record that you want to start building everything that you want to build. You remember a year ago, they they, they tried to sign uh, uh, Larry Ogunjobi as, as, as the guy who was going to be uh, sort of that, that catalyst of everything they wanted to do defensively. It fell through. There were physical issues there that allowed that deal. Uh, you know, the Bears ultimately reneged and, and, and Ogunjobi went to, to Pittsburgh. Uh, Deron Payne, it gives you an opportunity to, to, to take that swing again and try to connect in a way that would be very significant for your defense. I would applaud it. I would even recommend it. I, w- I will put pressure on them to do it. But I also think that I would I do that understanding that Deron Payne kind of represents the stereotypical free agent that you're going to overpay. You know you're going to overpay him. You budget money to overpay him. But you know that he basically is – is a risky investment because how does he handle the money that he will come into? How does he handle being paid? And does he still have this, the same hunger that might've driven him last year? There's all kinds of classic examples of what I'm talking about, but I would, I would be simultaneously applauding the bears for making that move while worrying that boy, do they, are they going to get a return on that investment? Does that make well, sense? So it, 
No, it absolutely makes sense. And it's maybe this is the perfect time for me to issue my annual warning about what free agency is. I think it was Ryan Pace who always described it as a minefield. And, and you're trying to get through that minefield without a mind, yeah, you know, stepping on one that, that, that sends you in a direction you don't want to go. And like I've always classified it as, as a, a, free, a flea market or a garage sale. Right. You're going to be able to find some really, really good bargains. You're going to re- be able to find some really hidden fines. But this is the free agency is free agency for a reason. It's because guys got away from the team that had them under contract for various reasons. And, it's it, it, you know, the batting average is never really high. Rich Campbell and I used to have an exercise we did every year just to remind ourselves of this was going back three or four years, three and four years and looking at the top 100 lists of free agent classes from, you know, in this case, it would go, go back to 2020 and 2019 and go, go find your top 100 free agent lists and then see how those guys panned out. And you go, Oh, this is what free agency is. And so all of these guys are, are, absolutely going to have an asterisk and some fine print below them that you better read and you better understand. Deron Payne is no different, but certainly if you're looking to make a big splash, which the Bears, I think, hopefully are in an offseason where everyone has celebrated the amount of opportunity they have, this is the type of swing you take. See, now that's a good idea of getting the list from four years ago. Maybe that's our next pod. Maybe that's the way we can open our next podcast with one of these ideas people won't scoff at. <laughs> uh, possibly get behind, perhaps, because, yeah, you, you're right. You go back three, four years and you're like, OK, they paid that for him. Really? Right. Right. And, and you look, I mean, you can look in house at Hallis Hall for examples of those types of things. There's there's free agent signings, the Antrell Rolls and Eddie Royals of the world, the Lamar Houston's, all, you know, uh, you know, Bobby Massey. You know, you get you, you obviously get your 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 hits, your Trevathan's, your Akeem yeah. Hicks, your Allen Robinson's. Those guys come around every once in a while. But there's many more guys where, to your point, you're going to overspend for them. You're going to try to fill a need and you're going to, you know, have to try if you're Ryan Poles to retain that word that we've talked about now for a month plus discipline right discipline discipline discipline